0: Hi, and welcome to show number 44 of the El Cafito Travel Talks, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd and I'm your host. For today's show, we're going to be talking about hashing around the world. And if you don't know where that is, stay tuned. But before we start, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to any one of the podcast providers. You get all the shows as soon as they come in. Take a look at our Facebook page for the written stories. And if you're someone who likes to write or have an idea for a future show, please don't hesitate to contact me at elcafcitotraveltalks at gmail.com. Also, if anyone out there would like to donate, it could be as little as $1, please take a look at the podcast notes to see how you could do so. All contributions will be gratefully appreciated. But for now, please get yourself a cup of tea or a coffee and enjoy today's show.
1: My name is Ed Howell, Uh, my Hash name is Hazukashi, and uh, I'm a world traveler.
0: Okay, so you just mentioned Hash, but we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But before we do, uh, could you give us a little bit about your background and what were you doing before you became a world traveler?
1: Well, I grew up in uh, New York, out in the country. Most people don't realize that New York is a lot of hills and countries upstate, but uh, way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, My dad had been in the Army in the 50s and uh, was stationed in Europe and Done a lot of travel while I was there. And when I was a kid, he would show us slides. Uh, and uh, that really got me interested in traveling. So uh, as I got older, I joined the military. My first overseas assignment was in 1984. I was in Okinawa, Japan, and that's where I found the hash. But I did minimal traveling up until 1997 when I was stationed in Korea. And uh, once I was in Korea, it was so easy to get around uh, Asia, And so forth. So, uh, I did a lot of flying around and seeing that part of the world and uh, really got hooked. So, since I've retired from the military uh, after 31 years, I had a short second career uh, doing IT, but I just feel like I want want to get my travel in while I'm still young enough to enjoy it, worry about uh, working later. So, here I am uh, at 57 years old, uh, uh, 35 years travel, and uh, really enjoying it.
0: Before you actually joined the military, did your family actually go on any holidays together? Did you do any traveling at that time? Or was it just the slides that your father was showing and
1: then... Not internationally, just uh, locally in kind of the New England, Northeast, uh, USA area. I've been to uh, 106 countries now. And uh, as each one of them has its own distinct story to tell. And uh, I always appreciate... The different cultures and the different foods, and just the uh, the the scenery, the way people live differently—it's always been very interesting to me. And uh, as I got into retirement, uh, I just wanted to see more of the world, Uh, and that's where uh, the hashing comes in when we get to that.
0: Well, let's start into into hashes. What is a hash? Like for people who are listening to us right now, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are like, okay, you know, he's mentioned it three times. Like, what are they talking about? So could you give us an explanation of what a hash is?
1: The Hash House Harriers is a running club, probably the largest running club in the world, but it's so loosely affiliated that there's no... The clubs aren't connected. Each one is an individual entity, but you can travel anywhere in the world and and find a hash club and then run with them, and it's just like uh, your old friends. But hashing started back in... 1938, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Malaya at the time, now Malaysia, when uh, some British expat living there uh, working under the British Empire decided to start a running club, the Hash House Harriers was born. Now, there's nothing special about the Hash House Harriers in general. Uh, It was just another Harrier club back at that time, and Harrier clubs go back. Originally, in the 1700s, kids would play a game called Paper Chase, or hare and hounds in, in the United Kingdom. And uh, in the mid 18th century, around 1867, it became a adult sport when the Thames Rowing Club decided they needed something to do in the off season to stay fit. So they reached back to that old kids game they played in the boarding school and rugby school and turned it into an adult game of uh, paper chase. It's, it's basically the beginning of what is now cross country in other places, because they transitioned in the UK to cross-country running around a track rather than through the woods. But as expats were positioned around the world, British, they took this game with them as a fun social event, hang out with their mates, and uh, get some uh, fitness in. And then afterwards, have a social dinner or drink some beers. And uh, beers, <laughs> beers become a big part of uh, the hash house terriers. So that we can talk about more, more about that in the, as we go forward. You said that it
0: it's a little bit like what would be cross country running. Could you explain to us a little bit about like how a hash is set up? Like what are the different, because it is a running club, but it's a running club that's a bit different than other running clubs. So what would be some of the differences?
1: It's a non-competitive type of running. Some people are designated as hares and they will set a trail originally in paper, but now, uh, We've transitioned to using flour or chalk, different areas, sometimes city through alleyways and streets and parks uh, more, more often out in the countryside through um, fields and streams and uphills and down trails. The pack doesn't know where they're going. Uh, The pack is all the people who are following the hares. They don't know where they're going. They're just following these marks as they go along and somewhere uh, five to eight or ten kilometers later they're at the finish uh, having all this trail uh, enjoying a good sweat uh, going up and down uh, the end there's normally some kind of snacks and uh, copious amounts of local beverages including beer water and uh, sometimes something a little stronger.
0: <laughs> a little stronger. Just to summarize we have uh, hair that goes out and they're set in a trail and they have, the trail has different types of markings on them. How do people know if they're going in the right direction? Do they have, do they have sometimes maybe, do they send them down the wrong path sometime? How does that, how's that part?
1: Yes, you're, you're correct. It'll start out, uh, you'll follow arrows or plops or pieces of paper. And, uh, at some point you'll come to a circle, which is an intersection or a check and trail can go in any direction from there, and it often does, but only one way is the true trail. Uh, There can be several false trails in multiple directions. They will be terminated at some point, and at that point you go back to the check and you look until you find a true trail. You'll hear people standing at the check saying, are you, meaning have you found the trail? They'll either answer back no, or they'll say "On, on or true trail once someone has found it. And then everybody rallies again and uh, follows off in that direction until the next check. And uh, you go through a series of checks, anywhere from 3 to 25, depending on the length of the trail and the type of train that's being used, continue to follow different marks until you get to the finish.
0: I think that was a really good explanation. You know, just so the audience know, I I actually have myself ran more than 100 hashes. We can't see in camera right now, but as we're talking, I'm actually wearing my hash my hash house harrier shirts. You have decided that when you retired, that you are going to travel the world doing different
1: hashes, and you've also set up a, a web page for this, right? Yes, it's uh, it's go to the hash It's a comprehensive website that uh, lists contacts for all the hash clubs around the world. It has a calendar of uh, hash events for the next three years. Uh, it has various uh, historical links. Uh, I, I've written up an uh, extensive history on the hash house carriers, uh not only on the original club, but as I travel around the world, I write uh, articles on various uh, cities and countries and different aspects of the hash house series, and that's all linked off of my website.
0: At this point, you are in Ecuador. You've done a hash here in Ecuador. Uh, but how many of the countries have you hashed in?
1: Uh, Ecuador is actually my 94th country that I've hashed in. I'm on the, uh, in retirement now. I'm on a quest to hash in at least 100. So I'm closing in on it. And uh, as I work my way through South America now, uh, I hope to get to 100 uh, definitely this year. What's been some of the maybe
0: one of the most interesting hashes? Or And I know that they're all unique in their different ways. And it's hard to say that one is better than the other, but it's not about being better or or not being better, but one of the most interesting ones that you you've actually been on. Uh,
1: I was in Paris about eight nine years ago for their eight hundredth run, and uh, we were running the uh, one of the trails, and we actually went through the Louvre Museum. The Hares had organized; they had a contact through the Louvre, and uh, we ran in the front door we had a picture on the spiral staircase and then we ran out the back door and continued on to the city. Uh, it's just crazy things like that that really make hashing a funny and interesting uh, event. Uh, I also really enjoyed uh, Bali, Indonesia. Some amazing trails there through the uh, rice paddies and the jungles of uh, Upper Ubud area. I'm just getting into South America and the, as I look around the different clubs I've counted 19 different hash clubs in in about seven or eight different countries here in South America, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting around to seeing as many as I can here. And uh, The terrain looks very good here. I like the hills. I like the dirt trails that are all around, so I'm really looking forward to it.
0: If somebody's looking to go traveling and maybe they're a little bit concerned about how am I going to meet people while I'm traveling, that the hash is definitely a connector for that.
1: Yes, that's that's very true. Uh, I've been able to meet A lot of people uh, just through like Facebook, uh, they have a Facebook page. You type in that you're coming and uh, you start talking to them and then you meet them at the run, immediately you have a circle of friends that uh, you can socialize with. Uh, I've moved around the world uh, a few times and always plugged into the local hash clubs. It's made assimilating into the, the local community much easier.
0: And as you just said, a circle of friends, and at the end of the hash, there's always like a circle. So, what happens at the circle when you get back at the end of the, the run?
1: You finish the run, you can put on a dry shirt, kind of get a drink and uh, relax for a few minutes, and then we would we, we call it a circle up. Sometimes it's called religion, but it's it's just a, a fun way of recognizing the hares uh, first and foremost for their efforts to putting the trail together, but also recognizing visitors and. Uh, First timers, we call them virgins. Uh, other recognitions: if someone has run 25 times with that with that club, or 50 times, or 100, then they will get special recognition as well. Uh, the funniest part is, though, if you do something dumb on trail, like fall down, or uh, you know anything anything that uh, can be humorous, you'll get recognized and brought into the circle and given uh, a down down-down. down. Down downs are what we call uh, a recognition of various things that take place on trail.
0: It's also the moment where people will get inaugurated into their hash handles or they'll be renamed. So explain a little bit about that also, like what does that mean?
1: Well my hash name is Hazukashi and uh, that's Japanese for bashful. Uh, When I started running uh, 37 years ago uh, I was kind of kept to myself and uh, like to run alone so uh, they gave me that name but Hash names go back to uh, Jakarta, Indonesia back in the 70s. They used to mail out the directions for the next week's run, but the mail wouldn't get delivered in a week's time. So instead of they they ended up putting printing it and putting it in local stores and hotels where people could go and pick it up. Now, when they originally used the real names and uh, as other passerbyers picked this paper up and saw Joe's doing this or Joe's doing that, uh, it may have... Cause some issues with their work or whatever, so they started giving them hash names to kind of obfuscate their uh, their presence, so that they could put the they could print the hash trash and put it out in public. So uh, over the years, it's become quite a tradition. Uh, a lot of places, the standard is after your sixth run, you'll be named also for people who are listening to me right now you don't actually have to be a beer drinker
0: i myself personally do not drink alcohol i know it sounds strange and most of the hashes that i've been on there's always family groups of uh, different types of friends so there's a it's a welcoming social most of the people that are in the hashes are expats and they're people who've lived abroad understand what it means to be abroad and to be away from their family so a lot of times hashes form this part of creating a a group, um, a society, a social, yeah, a social group, a social, a place for people to fit in. So I'd like to encourage everyone, if you hear about a hash in your neighborhood, or if you're going to travel, and you hear there's a hash going on, I would definitely like you to, I think you should definitely check it out. I'd like you to mention again, your website so that people hear that again, so that they go to your website. And you said that on the website, they could, they could see different places that the hashes are set up, right? Yes,
1: go to the hash.net, spell it out just like that, go to the hash.net.
0: For my last question, you've you've sort of mentioned a little bit about it, but what would be something that you've learned through this whole experience and through your experience of hashing and also traveling around the world while you're hashing
1: that you would actually like to share with others? People are people. And uh, it's really amazing how people of different walks, uh, different cultures, different uh, backgrounds can reach out through the hash and become friends and uh, lifelong friends. I have I have friends that I meet as I travel around the world in different places, and it's just good a good way to catch up with people. Okay, and that
0: being said, on on enjoy get into your one hundred hash. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that on your website.
1: Thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, the time you spent with me today.
0: Thank you for listening in. Hope you enjoyed the story for today and if you're interested in hashing, please take a look at the podcast notes to see the link on how you could do so. You could also find information on how to contribute to this podcast. It can be as little as one dollar. Don't forget to subscribe on any one of the podcast providers so you get the updates as soon as they come in. If you have any questions or comments or ways in which I could improve the show, please send an email. Talks at gmail.com and i look forward to seeing you one day here in el cafecito in cuenca or in our sister location in quito bye for now and please stay safe